This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Check out their interactive workshops, events, leadership coaching blog, and more at www.kingdomatwork.com or follow them on all major social media platforms. Kingdomatwork.com. Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work For Him this afternoon as we are in Rancho Mirage, California. We'll tell you a little bit about that in just a second. But Martha, let's just tell our people how they can engage with us online. Well, Jim, our website is iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. And on our website, um, we're just trying to keep things updated as to where we're going to be around the country, different conferences we hear about. And um, hopefully within the next uh, little while, we're going to actually roll out a page that tells people about all these amazing guests in a little bit more detail so that they can find out if they're in their area as well. So just check out iworkforhim.com. Also, all the social media stuff that everybody's using, we're out there. Just look for us, I Work For Him. All right, thanks again for tuning into I Work From, whether you're all over Tampa Bay, all over the first coast of Jacksonville and St. Augustine, or maybe listening on iHeartRadio across the country and around the world, however you're hearing our show today. Just know that you've been prayed for, and we always pray ahead of the show that the questions that Martha and I ask come right from the Spirit of God, and that the answers that our guest gives are driven by His Spirit as well, because we know that each one of us needs to be inspired in connecting what we hear on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5, and so we're thankful that you've tuned in as we broadcast from Rancho Mirage, California. This broadcast made possible through a collaboration with FCCI and Convene. Check them on online, FCCI.org and ConveneNow.com. We're on location at the 2018 International Summit, a gathering of Christ followers who desire to live out their faith in their work while pursuing excellence. Today, in the first half of our work for him, we're talking with Chris Conley. And he is with an organization called Leadership Works, and you're going to hear lots more about that. Chris Conley, welcome to I Work For Him. It is great to be here. Thank you for the privilege and look forward to the conversation. Chris, we always ask this question of every first-time guest on I Work For Him. How did you become a Christ follower? Wow. Well, uh, that's obviously a long story that I'll try to make very, very short. I did not grow up in a Christian home. It was uh, not even Christmas and Easter. It was typically Christmas or Easter. Uh, (laughs) I grew up in a home that loved to play golf. So oftentimes on Sunday morning, we were on the golf course. But God got a hold of my life through a ministry called FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And uh, it is a remarkable story. But my brother was a great golfer. But tragically, he was killed in a car train wreck on April 20th, 1981, when he was 18 years of age. Mm. And um, he shot 64 on that day that he was killed. I was 10 years old. I remember it vividly. Five years later, my brother's Bible was found in the church sanctuary when they were cleaning out the sanctuary to move into another sanctuary. They called and told my, you know, asked for my parents. We didn't have cell phones back in that day, right? right? I answer the phone. My parents aren't home. They tell me they found my brother's Bible. I drive up to the church with a motorcycle because I I didn't have, uh, I wasn't 16, didn't have a license yet. Got the Bible, sat down in the back pew just to open it up and see if my Mm -hmm. brother had written anything. Mm -hmm. Open it up to Colossians 3, 2. says, set your mind on the things above, not the things of this earth. And it had a star and said, my life verse. And it just grabbed me. The very next week, the student pastor uh, called me, invited me to go on a trip to Florida. And it was on that trip that I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. Wow. That is amazing. 
Absolutely amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Because, you know, we we never know how those things are going to play out. And it had been a long time. You were still probably grieving with that. And But to but for your brother's life to have made that impact on you all it, those it, years later. Yeah, it was, it's something that, you know, when the car train accident happened, mm-hmm. I was about 200 yards away from the accident when it happened. So I heard it. I experienced mm. it. I saw the sir- sirens, the ambulances, the police cars, the fire trucks, everything. So it's like a, a, a memory and time that I can play, you know, mm-hmm. just instantly. And and he was such an influence in my life. And so when I read that uh, in the Bible, the words just jumped off the page and came to life. And it was like my brother was speaking to me again mm. through the word. And uh, my life was changed. Mm, that's Amen. powerful. All right. So you've, you've gone on. At what point in time did you make that connection I mean, leadership, it was uh, Leadership Works. That's the name of your organization. How is that? Where is that found online? Leadershipworks.org? Well, actually, we're in the process of really moving and merging into a great organization that has a tremendous history. So, right. And we're going to get to that in yep. a little bit. So, okay. So talk to us about where, where's the Lord been from that day that you went on that trip to Florida where you committed your life to Christ and today? What is that? What has your journey been like? Yeah. So I ended up playing college golf at the University of Memphis. And FCA continued to play an instrumental role in my life. And so it was uh, my junior year that I got involved and started leading a Bible study in the athletic dorm. And I never once in my life envisioned that I would become a pastor or anything of that nature. I really wanted to be a professional golfer. But yet God began to grow uh, this Bible study, and he began to bless the things that I was involved in. And so immediately after college, instead of going and trying to play professional golf, uh, I went to seminary mm-hmm. and uh, jumped right in. And, uh, you know, I had not even read the New Testament through one time when I went to seminary. <laughs> so I was completely in over my head and had no idea what was going on going on. But I just knew that God had done something in me and wanted to do something through me. And so uh, right after seminary, I started a church called High Point Church, and I've had the privilege of pastoring that church for 18 years. And God did extraordinary things, amazing things in and through that church. And, and as what city is that church in? Uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. And so as a result of pastoring that church, he built um, uh, kind of a vision for what are the things that we can do beyond the church, how we build bridges to the workplace, to the business leader, to the medical community, to the education community, to the nonprofit community, because every problem that exists in a city, it's bigger than any one person can solve or any one entity can solve. Mm-hmm. So how can we come together to really solve the greater problems of our city? And that's where that vision was birthed to have leadership works. How did you, have you been able to build that kind of a collaborative environment there in Memphis? We, we really have. It's, uh, I, I think one of the things that God has blessed me with is really to be a bridge builder. And, um, you know, one of the things that we've, we've seen is um, we've been incredibly effective at reaching the emerging leaders. But when you reach influencers, then what you also have to do is you have to reach decision makers. And if you really want to help the young influencers, then you've got to help the decision makers to know how to invest in the influencers. And so we've really tried to look at emerging leaders, established leaders, and executive level leaders, and how do we build those bridges among those three to create win-win relationships. And then not only in the business community again, but how do we build a bridge with the faith community and the business community? Certain things we do value-driven. Certain things we do faith-driven. How do we build a bridge across races? How do we, like, you know, one of the things that we do is we talk about we want a bridge, like, 
being in Memphis, Tennessee, by the way, um, tragically and unfortunately, racism is a big issue because of the history of Dr. King being assassinated there. Mm -hmm. But we really look at how do we bridge uh, the trust gap between races? How do we bridge an education gap? How do we bridge an economic gap? And so when you do those kind of things, uh, it's all relational. So I'm really curious. So you've been the senior pastor at High Point Church. Correct. So how has that role been different um, than the standard pastor? Because you, I mean, you know, we all have our stereotype and we don't hear a lot of pastors talking about, um, I mean, although they have great intentions about community and bridging, you know, the the different um, communities together and things like that. You have a real sense of business and a real sense of of desire to connect all of that together. Have you had um, conflict with other people, other pastors, other just people thinking, why is a pastor messing in that world? Yeah, there's obviously, uh, when, when you say the word conflict and you talk about religion and you talk about politics and you talk about those are things you're not supposed to talk about, right? <laughs> so yeah, conflict is a good word. There's people that oftentimes don't understand why are you doing what you're doing and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, shouldn't you just kind of stay in your little sandbox over here that's called the church? It goes back to my, my upbringing. Uh, my dad was a blue collar man. I am the first person in my family to even graduate high school, Mm. much less college, much less, you know, a master's degree or anything of that nature. But my dad, he was a bread man. All right. And so from three o'clock in the morning, when we go to the bakery to one o'clock in the afternoon, we are working in uh, the bakery, the warehouse, uh, the restaurants, the grocery stores, kind of a blue collar world. But my dad happened to be a great golfer, and he was the club champion at one of the most prestigious, you know, country clubs in town. Hmm. And so at 1 o'clock in the afternoon to 8 o'clock at night, I'm playing golf with executives. So I lived in a blue-collar world and a white-collar world, and I had a heart for both. And so what God has given me the ability to do is really to reach into both of those worlds. And and the beauty at our church is frequently we would have someone that would be considered – living in maybe a distressed situation or a less privileged situation, sitting on the same, you know, pew as someone who's, you know, middle class, upper middle class, very successful. You grew up blue collar, white collar, you know, blue collar, your dad being a a bread guy, which I love that. Wow. I I don't know how you can be so skinny having grown up in the bread world and then, but a a scratch golfer or even better. Correct. Correct. So you grew up in both worlds, learning to have conversations as a teenager, even with both sides of the world. How did that get put into action as a pastor? So what it taught me was, is whether you had a little bit of money or a lot of money, you still had problems. Mm. And what I really saw is that the, the greatest desire, regardless of what your education level was or your economic level was, is the biggest problem in the world is this. Love is broken. That's the biggest problem in the world. The thing that we want to work the most is working the least. And whether you're blue collar, love is broken, whether you're white collar, love is broken. And the thing that people want solved more than anything is can you solve the issue of broken love? Can you solve the issue of betrayed love? And so what we begin to do is we begin to talk about, well, watch this. When love works, life works. When life works, leadership works. When leadership works, loyalty works. And when loyalty works, legacy works. Now, those five essentials of life They speak any language, blue collar or white collar. They cross any bridge. They speak to the desire of the heart because they're not things that money can buy. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. So do those, that L5 essentials, do those, what were those five L's again? Yeah. So you have love works, yep. life works, leadership works, loyalty works, legacy works. Excellent. And you have a book on this or you're writing a book or where are you and at? <laughs> I, I, I do have a book uh, called Love Works that's, uh, that's not out yet. It's, it's, it's been uh, written and we're in the process of, of getting that book uh, with a publisher. And then we are also in the process of writing the L5 Essentials. Okay. Excellent. So something to be watching for. Yes. All right, so you hinted earlier when I asked you questions about how people can find Leadership Works online. You're like, wait, 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 wait. We're, we're becoming part of something bigger. Talk to us about this something bigger. Yes, so there is a ministry that I have been a part of uh, and have known the founder of for the last five or six years called FCCI, Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, and um, has an incredibly strong foundation, a foundation of big faith, Okay. But it's at a place, just like so many ministries are across the nation, that it's been in existence for 40 years. And so every ministry goes through seasons of change. And this is a ministry that's in that place of needing to be revitalized, kind of have a new vision and a new strategy with new opportunities. Well, here's the remarkable thing. And unfortunately, this doesn't happen a lot in Christian circles. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes we have our silos in the Christian world too, right? And we have our turfism in the Christian yep. world too. Yes, we do. Yep. Well, People are actually saying, guess what? This mission is bigger than any of us as individuals. Mm -hmm. And they're actually saying there's an urgency level out there because there are real problems, real people who are really hurting, and we have the only cure. And so if we had the cure of cancer right now, would we all collaborate together in the medical community in order Mm -hmm. to present people the cure of cancer? Well, we've got the cure to the greatest problem in the world, and we've got the cure to the greatest opportunities in the world. And so there's a group of leaders coming together uh, from these work faith ministries to have a merger, and we're really in the process of calling it Aragon 412. The word Aragon really comes from the Greek word that means good works, mm-hmm. all right? And, and when you look at 4.12, if you look at Ecclesiastes 4.12, you look at Ephesians 4.12, and you look at Acts 4.12, you're going to see it talking about collaboration, you know, kind of a three-chord strands, not easily broken. You're going to talk about, you know, being equipped for good works, and you're going to talk about there's only one name under heaven whereby we must be saved. And if we can all come together to say there is a greater work that mm-hmm. we need to submit our individual works to so that we can do something bigger and better. That's what Aragon 412 is about. Exponentially more effective. Yes. Really taking advantage of the economies of scale of bringing together multiple organizations. That's well said. I love that. that I mean, that's truly what Jesus said. Hey, people, we'll, they'll know by your unity. I, I Let me speak into that just a moment. I think unity is maybe the most underappreciated quality of what we have to offer as Christians. Mm. It is the one thing the world cannot replicate. And God is the author of unity, and the enemy is the author of division. The enemy is always trying to uh, destroy our unity because when you see unity, what do you also see? You see that the source of unity is love, Mm -hmm. okay? And so, you know, in John chapter 17, we're to be perfected in unity. When we're perfected in unity, then the world will know that the Father sent the Son, but they'll also know that he has loved them even as he's loved the Son. So perfected in unity is the key to everything. Hey, we're in Rancho Mirage, California. We're talking with Chris Conley. 
talk about, how can people find out more about this Ergon 412? Do you have any idea yet? I mean, this is still pretty fresh. <laughs> it, it is fresh. We don't even have a website yet, do we? You are correct at this moment in time, but all of that will be coming so, out. So stay tuned, Ergon 412. Yep. But, if, but you have a Leadership Works website. You're more than likely going to forward off to that. What is that website? So people at least have one spot where they can click on them and move forward. Yeah, well, right now, we're, what we're doing is you can just simply go to chrisconley.org. Uh, Org, I think. I'm trying to even remember what okay. my own website I'll, is. I'll look it up okay. while we're talking. <laughs> Very good. And that's Conley. C-O-N. No, .net. It's chrisconley.net. That, that is. is. I, you know, I, I, you, I, you never really visit your own website, you know? <laughs> Unless you've got certain issues. That's right. right. So He needs to go be reminded of, you know. Right. What and Conley doing. is C-O-N-L-E-E. Right. That's right. Okay. All right. So how is this collaboration going to help further some of the things that are you're passionate about? You, you're talking about things that you've learned and have grown in in Memphis, Tennessee, minority leadership development, women's leadership development, emerging leaders development. How is How do you see um, Aragon 412 helping perpetuate and explode those kinds of, uh, of ideas? Yeah, so those are a lot of things that people agree about but rarely act on. Like when we talk about those things, everyone goes, oh, yeah, that's needed. Mm-hmm. But we go, well, who's the expert? I don't know. And so now let's take our collective wisdom, mm-hmm. let's take our, our collective heartbeat, let's take our resources, and let's start acting on something that we agree about, okay? Let's actually prove, you know, kind of in James chapter 2, it says faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Let's quit talking about something for a moment, and let's prove how much we love people and how much we value people by actually going, okay, if we're going to talk about minority leadership development, All right, now let's strip away all the different politics and strip away all those different things. And let's just say we're going to prioritize a group of people. We're going to come alongside them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to equip them. We're going to empower them. We're going to employ them. We're going to do everything we can for them to go be the very best version of themselves they can possibly be. And so when you do that kind of stuff, then you don't have to talk about it a lot because the results talk about it already. And they are desperately needed. You know, just that interaction, just eliminating the stress between the different cultures uh, and, and women's leadership. I mean, that's such a 55% of the workforce is women now. Yes. And where are we doing the, the leadership development from a biblical standpoint? And then we've got this next generation of kids that, you know, that are really 15 to 35 who are like, no, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time with this this ethereal success thing. I want something that's meat and potatoes. Show me real life, authentic. Show me where my faith, my the rubber hits the road with my faith. I mean, that's what they want to see. Yeah, you know, um, real quick, on the women's leadership development, I could not agree more. My wife is an extraordinary leader, writer, teacher in her own right. She's really going to dive into that area and uh, and really prioritize ways that we can make progress there. On the emerging leader, let me say this real quick. If you look at the 18 to 29-year-old, there are about seven, at least seven, key decisions that they make in that window of time that Mm -hmm. determines the trajectory of their life, okay? You know, if we could kind of narrow our focus and go, how do we help them leave home well? You know, a lot of times, biblically, we talk about leave and cleave. Right. But rarely do we just talk about leave, okay? (laughs) (laughs) How do we leave home well? All right. And then how do we enter into that season of, of being equipped with your education? So how do we steward that responsibility of our education well? Mm-hmm. 
All right. The the third decision while you're in this season of you know new freedom, okay, and uh, how do we avoid the big three? How do we avoid some of the sex problems, some of the drug problems, and some of the debt problems? Those mm-hmm. can destroy the trajectory of your life. Sure. All right. And so then once they graduate, you know, how do we enter into that season of becoming financially independent? All right. How do we enter into that season of starting our career? And then also in that window of life, typically, not always, a lot of times you find your spouse. And then sometimes in that season of life, before kind of you hit the 30s, sometimes you have your first child. Those seven decisions radically shape the trajectory of your life. If we could come alongside people and help them make wise decisions instead Mm -hmm. of unwise decisions, I know, hey, I've got uh, my daughter. Her name's Annika. She's a freshman at Furman University in South Carolina. My son is a sophomore at the University of Alabama. I'm doing everything I can to help them make those wise decisions, right? Because I want to protect and project that trajectory. Mm -hmm. And we need lots more of that. So I can't wait for future shows for us to highlight where you're taking that and how people can get involved. I mean, that's really something really important. Chris Conley, thanks so much for being on I Work For Him this afternoon. It's been a privilege. Thank Thank you all so much for what you do to promote his work in the kingdom. ChrisConley.net. Chris Conley, C-O-N-L-E-E.net. You're listening to I Work For Him, broadcasting from Rancho Mirage, California. This broadcast made possible through a collaboration with FCCI and Convene. Check them out online, FCCI.org and ConveneNow.com. We're on location at the 2018 International Summit, a gathering of Christ followers who desire to live out their faith in their work while pursuing excellence. Today on the second half of the show, we're talking with Dan Anderson. He's got this ministry called Kingdom Way Ministries. Now, we have already highlighted Dan one time remotely as part of Doug Spada's work-life rollout we did earlier last year. What's fantastic is we are now face-to-face with Dan Anderson from Colorado, and we're so excited. Dan Anderson, welcome to I Work For Him. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jim, and great to meet you both, Martha and Jim, uh, face-to-face. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's, uh, always, it's always good to do a little face-to-face time. So Yeah, absolutely. So talk to us about um, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? I, I always love this question. I've been listening to your podcast, man. So uh, I, you I, know, And why, you know why I do it? Because every one of our stories is different. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just love hearing it. It's really a selfish thing for me. Absolutely. Well, I grew up in a small country town in uh, uh, Wisconsin. And, uh, You're I was, a cheesehead? Absolutely, Sorry, man. the broadcast has been canceled <laughs> by I Work For Him. <laughs> Packer, backer, got to be loyal. But yeah, yeah. so anyways, I I grew up in a really rough home situation with Mm -hmm. an alcoholic father. And uh, we were, you know, average churchgoers until he really started drinking heavily in a kind of a mainline denominational church. And uh, uh, then we stopped going all together. And but Mm -hmm. that's when things kind of fell apart. And I started going to church with a friend of mine in uh, just a really small country church in, in Wisconsin. And went to a vacation Bible school program and heard the gospel and was just struck by it. And and God pursued me. As I look back, I'm just amazed by his grace that he looked down in Wisconsin and saw this punk uh, young kid needing help and uh, sent sent the message of the gospel. So I accepted Christ as my Savior and uh, just everything changed after that. Started growing right away in junior high and felt like uh, God was calling me to be the pa- uh, be a pastor in junior high, a camp experience. And wow. Yeah. And you were a pastor for a number of years. I was, yeah, for over over 20 years. 
Yep. Yet you're still a pastor today. Why do you say you were a pastor? Well, you're I, still a pastor. Are you not still a pastor? I absolutely, today? I absolutely am still a pastor. And actually, with a lot of the business leaders we we work with, I really cast that vision for them. That everyone is a minister for the gospel. Everyone's a pastor. As a matter of fact, uh, you turned me on to a book um, calling. Um, oh shoot, what's the name of that now? It's it's uh, following. Or leading like a shepherd, something like that. Oh, what, the way of the, the shepherd. way of the shepherd. Yes, yes. by so Layman. Kevin Layman. Kevin Layman. So I've used mm-hmm. that recently. And, How fantastic and is that book? A, it's a powerful book, and uh, I actually passed around a, sh- a shepherd staff to each one, and have them say out loud at the end of it, "I am a pastor. I am a minister to my people," mm-hmm. just so they would always remember and always, uh, always have that etched in their mind. You know, we have a um, a business roundtable group in Florida that actually declares that at the beginning of every one of their meetings that, I, you know, I am a pastor yes. and what I do in my workplace is that ministry. And my so, calling is not a second place calling. I mean, I love that. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, so help us make that transition. You were a pulpit pastor for 20 years. And what has that led you to now? What is it that you're doing? Well, during that time, I helped start two churches. So I was bivocational some of the time. And, and so I had just great marketplace experiences. I was a paralegal in a law firm. God just elevated me there, and that landed me a job as a compliance manager for insurance training company called AD Banker, and they did Series 6 and 7 licensing. And uh, uh, So just in a matter of a few months, I out of 70 employees, I, I got the highest position I could get there as a compliance wow. manager. And uh, so I had a lot of experiences that way uh, in the marketplace as well, you know, ministry in the marketplace. I really did view it as that even way back then, uh, but as a pastor as well. But in the last 10 years of serving as a pastor in Nebraska, God just really broke me and so helped me to see a huge, as I call it, a, a, a equipping hole in, a hole in my equipping net that I never realized before. Uh, you know, I think I did a great job of, you know, preaching God's word, helping people in spiritual disciplines and marriage and finances and, and all the things that, that hopefully most churches are doing to really develop disciples. Um, but thank God just really showed me, you know, I was really missing a key piece of whole life discipleship in that, you know, 60% of people's waking hours, most of moral dilemmas that they face and challenges is in their workplace. And uh, so once I realized that, I just started trying to do things a little bit differently. And one of those was leading a, a group of actually turned into 15 different business leaders from our community uh, through five years of just uh, different studies. And uh, the transformation that came as a result of that was incredible and was part of my journey to uh, leading me to where I am now, serving with Kingdom Way Ministries for the last five years. So what is Kingdom Way Ministries? What are you doing there? It's, it's, is it, which part of Colorado are you in? Uh, we're just north of Denver, just Loveland, Colorado. Loveland, yep. Colorado. Yep. All right. If people want to check out online, where are they finding you? Uh, it's www.kingdomwayministries.net. Kingdomwayministries.net. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right, so talk to us about KingdomWayMinistries.net. What are they going to find out about KingdomWayMinistries? Well, our simple mantra is this, make work and ministry one. 
and, and the concept, you know, like a lot of marketplace ministries, you might, might be worded a little bit differently, but recently I've been thinking about it in these terms, you know, taking Sunday's inspiration to turning into Monday's perspiration. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we just put it, connected what we hear on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. So it's very similar. Yeah. There's just more alliteration. <laughs> so what did you say though? You said make work and ministry. Making work and ministry one. One. Yeah. Okay. Just, uh, you know, it's a life of integrity, you know, mm-hmm. is, uh, is bringing them, them, them together. And so some of the things we do, our our strategy that we've kind of landed on is we have these quarterly events we call Common Pursuit, just trying to offer huge value and part uh, a leadership development that's scripturally driven and helping people change that mindset. Uh, Every business leader that's there, marketplace leader, and we have uh, church leaders that are coming too, Mm -hmm. of uh, uh, adding value, helping them connect with others. The Holy Spirit does some amazing things in that, mm-hmm. that environment that you just could never plan, that we just pray for. And uh, some connections that happen are just really powerful that lead to other things. But offering so one takeaway theme, thematic value, and then from there we want to offer them next steps. It's like, hey, we have some business His Way groups we do monthly. We have a, a monthly thing we call Work Life Connect. Uh, that you can funnel into, and that's really where my heart is. I want to get people into a small group environment where they can really wrestle with the issues. What does it look like to be a marketplace minister right where God has, has placed me? And then that turns into a lot of one-on-one things. And, you know, it's been amazing to me, uh, you know, being a pastor. Uh, uh, one day I remember in particular three of our members I met with back-to-back and try to meet with them outside of our group time as well. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them had am- amazing marriage challenges going on. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs and, often do. And they and it turned into just basically that kind of counseling sessions. But the the, the, the transformation that comes in marriages even through these groups is just, just phenomenal in addition to, you know, ministry things that, that are happening in their companies that would have never happened otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about, I mean, the reason we became friends was you had a heart and a passion for those Christian small business owners that were running businesses that couldn't fit into some of these other nationwide groups. I mean, they were maybe a half a million in revenue or a million in revenue, and they couldn't afford a C12 or a Convene or a, a Pinnacle Forum or Truth at Work. I mean, these were guys and gals running businesses that were really micro enterprises, pretty small businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a huge gap in that. And so that's one of my passions. I figure, well, you know, I think maybe that's my calling, my niche, at least, you know, for now. And and I see ourselves maybe branching into offering, you know, other opportunities for, you know, upper level executives as well. Uh, But I I really do have a passion for that because here's, here's one thing I just have to say. And, and because some of your listeners are feeling this right now, um, I have been in conversations with several business leaders, even recently, where they tear up and they look at me and said, it's so good to know that I'm not alone anymore. Amen. And and some of these solo entrepreneurs and smaller business business leaders are so working in their business, they can't work on it, let alone on that, that feel like they have the time to work on it themselves. Right. And so just to have a little bit of encouragement, support to stop by and say, hey, how's it going today? What can I help you with? How can I pray for you? Is there something I can help you and your team do? And it just means the world to them. Uh, and so when we when we started these groups, and even before this, we had a little more intensive groups where we developed 30 modules of curriculum we called Kingdom Leadership Council Groups. My heart was really uh, to reach out and disciple and help uh, those that the church wasn't helping, 
you know, to, to what does it mean to grow as a disciple in Christ in my business, but also, you know, to provide some solid leadership and business uh, uh, hands-on help. My hope was that it would attract some people that are kind of in the fringe, maybe not going to church mm-hmm. or, uh, or maybe just a little bit, but not really committed to the Lord yet, that they would come to the group for the business experience. And then it's like, oh, wow, I, I met Jesus here <laughs> in a deeper way. Yeah. And sure. that's been really cool that it's happened. Uh, one guy in particular, you know, we covered uh, how do you share your faith at work? And uh, he got so excited about some of the ideas we gave him. I had this little Evangicube idea mm-hmm. and uh, he wasn't really involved in his church. So he ended up taking a whole week off of his trucking company leads to help with vacation Bible school at his church, and he bought a thousand Evangel cubes <laughs> wow. to give away to kids. And Evangel cubes are kind of like like a Rubik's cube that tells the story of the gospel. Absolutely, so yeah. It's a it's a hands on way to to go from start to finish with sharing the gospel. Yeah, with somebody, so, so you know that came thing. out in one of our groups where we spent a lot of different. Here's a bunch of ideas of how yeah. you can share your faith in pa- practical ways in your Excellent. in your workplace. Yeah. Well, you mentioned something. Okay, well the church isn't doing. So this is what I was doing, but you were the church. You were the four walls church. You were the pastor. Yeah. Where was the disconnect? Did, where was it in your seminary training that they didn't let you know that hey, your job was equipping people for for the ninety percent of their lives they live outside the four walls of the church. Where was the disconnect for? Because because we need to come alongside the church and help the church understand the deep needs that we have out of here in the work in our workplaces. Where was the disconnect for you? Well, for me, it wasn't intentional. I don't think it is intentional oh, for a I lot of pastors. So. I agree. Right. You know, it's just what's been ingrained and what's been taught. So I'll give you one example. Uh, I am passionate about, and I think this is part of my personal and professional mission calling, is I'm passionate about helping people find their spiritual giftedness and where that intersects with different aspects of their life and put even this serve across it together of how you you diagnose different pieces of your life to find that sweet spot calling that God has just for you. Uh, and I, I loved doing that as a pastor too and developed a tract of step-by-step process to help people find their sweet spot of ministry. But for some reason, it was just my programming I always saw that uh, the ministry part of it uh, was, uh, or the spiritual gifts is only applicable for use hmm. in the church, in the church, or the church's ministries that you know are in the community, right. equipping and them it, for doing ministry within the four walls of the church instead of all the ministry that goes on outside. When we come back, lots more with Dan Anderson from Kingdom Way Ministries. Check him out online, KingdomWayMinistries.net. He's got some phenomenal stuff. He may be out of Colorado, but he's got stuff that can help you all over the country. KingdomWayMinistries.net. He's got small groups. He's got quarterly meetings. In fact, we got to talk about that quarterly meeting thing off the air. But you know, next summer that quarterly meeting that's June or whatever, we've got to coordinate our road trip around your quarterly meeting so we can be there. That's something we want to do. Not in March because that'll be snowy in Colorado, but when it gets nice well, in Colorado. Well, you could go and ski. So I could go. I'll... and No, I'm going where when well, you're someti- with me. Sometimes March has awesome summer weather, so you just never know, yes, man. Yes, you never know. That, that's right. But for Martha, I think it's safer for us to come a little later in the year. <laughs> okay. We're, we're talking about you know just the ministry that you've got, but l- let's just talk about the changes ahead because you've been forging ahead for five years now with Kingdom Way Ministries. And last night, um, they mentioned a collaborative effort that could be, who knows where it's going to really go, but called Ergon 412. And you've decided to throw your hat into that. What does this all mean to you? What's Ergon 412 and what does it mean to Kingdom Way Ministries? Well, I think I have to start with, 
just what God has done in my heart over the years. And one one verse I think I want to share with this is um, I've always thought about, even as a pastor, God led me to start a pastor's fellowship group in my community. It was uh, of 20 like-minded churches, and the whole purpose of it was not only to pray and support for each other, encouragement as pastors, but what can we do together that we can't do on our own? And, uh, you know, as is true in a lot of communities, churches can really function as silos, when if they were to unify on the core essentials, so much more could be done. Mm-hmm. And and what the verse, one of the verses God really used in my life, and so I just got, you guys know, I share with you, I have twin boys that are, are 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've tried to do with them is what does it mean to be a man of God? And I've given them a definition. One of the things is this, uh, live the eternal reality now. T-E-R-N, and, and to me that kind of signifies almost sometimes a, a, a repentance term where you change your mind and go 180, direction, 180 it's degrees a, a different direction. It's a Romans 12, 2 thing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so, so this is the scripture that God just broke my heart with several years ago. It says this, Romans 5, or I'm sorry, Revelation 5, 9, is that they will, we will be a kingdom of priests in service to our God forever. That's singular, not plural, a kingdom of priests and service to our God. So if that's going to be our eternal reality, and we should be pulling forward from that, as Christ said, you know, live the kingdom life now as as it is in heaven. Let it be so on earth as much as possible here and now, not just the kingdom of the future. So so that all to all to go back to this this movement that seems to be happening and stirring is uh, with with Aragon 412. Uh, I think about that in relation. When I stand before God, I want to live the kingdom life now. And if if mm-hmm. he's stirring something bigger and broader that also end up being deeper, you know, then we really want to be a part of that and uh, equipping ministers in the marketplace for Christ. Well, and you bring to that movement uh, uh, something that the other groups don't have. I mean, you've been you've been focused on those small Christ-following business owners and leaders, and it's something that FCCI hasn't done and Convene hasn't done. They've been focused on bigger businesses, uh, and so it's the collaboration uh, is just fantastic because you guys are all fitting a different piece of the kingdom, but you're deciding to work hand in hand. That, and then another thing, you know, what I think is unique about our ministries, and I was criticized for this from day one for the first two three years, probably just by Christians. Though, so you shouldn't oh, worry about that. Always by Christians, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. But no, uh, I really felt strongly when I took over Kingdom Way, my predecessor, Jim Dismar, just got to have to mention him here yes. because he had a long history with FCCI. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without his uh, his ministry and mentorship in my life. And him really thinking and believing after uh, examining and interviewing 20 people across the country that I was the one guy was leading to be his <laughs> successor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to honor him in that. But um, when I came on board, I said, Jim, I, I love what you've done. I want to take and build on your foundation. Uh, but I feel like we have to have two core focuses in what we do. One is business leaders in the marketplace, but another is church leaders. Mm-hmm. Because those two, if they can bridge some of the gaps that exist there, um, tremendous things could happen. And so that's one of the other things I'm excited about this is there is intentional talk and effort about developing a strategy of how do we come alongside Aragon 412 and come alongside churches to help them do a better job 
of discipling you know, people in their workplace. And you bring such an amazing vantage point to that because you, like you said, it wasn't intentional when you were omitting that from your um, connecting, you know, your sermon to application, you weren't intentionally saying, well, don't, don't apply this at work, but by omission, you realize that, you know, you were not making that connection for people. So you have a voice in that area that's very unique because we can say from what we've lacked, but you've experienced it as a pastor. I didn't mean to not talk about that. So let's talk about it now because our spiritual gifts, like you were saying earlier, are just as applicable in our everyday work. In fact, if we live, work within our spiritual gifts in our work, what amazing things God can accomplish. Amen. Us. Amen. Yeah. And, and I really think it's a, and so I want to just encourage pastors out there and I'd love to help them if they want to reach out to Excellent. us on, online because we have a seminar we've done with uh, J- Doug Spada called uh, The Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I call the switch switching from, you know, uh, you know a, lack, a Monday moan to a, se- a greater sense of meaning and mission. Sure. Mm. You know, so we we would want to do some things to help pastors, even some of the curriculum we develop, but try to do it as a with the church in mind. Uh, so, but I just want to encourage pastors out there is that uh, that are listening is is it's it's a matter of pastoral faithfulness to do something in this area. You can't you can't just say it's a it's a a choice that I'm I'm making that I'm not going to choose. You have to if you're going to follow Christ and his model for ministry, mm-hmm. you have to be intentional about this in some way in your ministry. And right. tell us again your website, kingdomwayministries.net.net. Yeah. Well, and it, it's also part of the fact and, and again as you said before, it's not pastors doing this intentionally. It's that you know, they were trained in seminary to do a certain thing. And one of the things that they were trained to do was train people how to do ministry within the four walls of the church. Well, what we've all realized sitting around this table is that ministry needs to go on all the time. And in our workplaces, we've got more opportunity to minister to people who don't, will never go to church. Yeah. We have a lot of opportunity, a lot of exposure to pre-Christians out there, way more than we ever will in church. So it's, it's incredible to get that done. So what I want to capture in the last couple of minutes of the show is... You, the, the Lord is taking you down this path for the last five years with Kingdom Way Ministries. You have joined this collaborative effort. That's what I'm going to call it for now, Ergon 412. Who knows where God takes it? Talk to those small business owners, maybe those solopreneurs, as they like to call them today, these up-and-coming millennials who have these little businesses. Talk to them about the significance of what they can learn from the accountability and participating in a group like Kingdom Way. Well, obviously, I, I just believe that you can't uh, be transformed as a disciple of Christ unless you are intentional about doing it in community with other people. And uh, it's just impossible. Uh, God intended and created us to have community and connection with people. And, you know, even think things like confessing your sins to one another. We had a great session that we heard yesterday about uh, uh, a person who talked about their mess-ups and there is a need for having a community where people can feel safe to be able to share what they're struggling with uh, spiritually, family-wise, or uh, in business, and uh, and to get ideas of how, you know, just like me, I was locked into a grid of thinking about doing ministry one way as a pastor. Well, sometimes business leaders get locked into a grid. There's only this way, and then to be able to hear perspectives how someone else is doing, it's like a light bulb turns on and and wow, I never thought about that doing it d- doing it that way. And so the ideas that are generated in that and the spiritual accountability is just a phenomenal experience. 
Well, and it goes back to stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I'm an Absolutely. NLT guy, so I memorize it in NLT, but it's that changing the way you think, and that's what we as Christ followers out there in the marketplace, the workplace, need to just change the way we think, stop copying what the ridiculous world, which is run by the enemy of our Lord, that's what we got to stop copying. Yeah, and here's here's another thing is that our our I think one of the thi- biggest things leaders struggle with is what their identity is. Mm. Their identity is being attacked every day because it's countercultural to live the Christian life in in business. Mm. And so to be able to re- be reinforced by that group, come back to True North. I went back after three years of these intensive groups we did, asked, hey, what kept you coming back year after year? And almost to a T it was, it brought me back to a true north every month that I needed to be grounded Mm. uh, and to remember who I was in Christ and to be tied to that identity and live it out every day. It recentered them right where they needed to be. Yeah. You know, and that was surprising to me. It really was. I I, I love that it was surprising to you, and I wish we could take that further, but we can't. (laughs) Dan Anderson with King Way Ministries, thanks so much for being on I Work for Him this afternoon. Thanks for having me, man. It was great. Martha, thank you. I look forward to one day we'll broadcast from one of those quarterly meetings. That's what I want to do this next year. That'd be fantastic. All right, check them out online, kingdomwayministries.net, kingdomwayministries.net, kingdomwayministries.net. You're listening to I Work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. In our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.